What are you thinking about, Norman? That last part where he said, I am happy. Well, don't you want Jerry to be happy, Norman? Honestly? Yeah, what's on your mind? I would be happy if Jerry had no emotions whatsoever. Because the thing of it is, once you go down that road, here's Jerry, an emotional being, cooped up for 300 years with no one to talk to. None of the socialization, the emotional growth that comes from contact with other emotional beings. So, what happens if Jerry gets mad? Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And we move on to the 1998 sci-fi film, Sphere. Now, Sphere represents a very crucial moment in my life. When I was, uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're, la- you're laughing already? <laughs> oh, you know, I- I'm making no judgment on I have seen the film. I'm just treating you as what I presume the listeners were, because <laughs> I only watched this for this podcast. So I presume, I could be wrong, but I think I'm right, that most listeners are going to find it amusing that 1998's Sphere, starring Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> Sam Jackson, Sharon Stone, could be in any way related to an important <laughs> moment in the young man's <laughs> life so i'm now riveted as our listeners are to hear why to hear the, the answer to that what's the connection here i, I hope this episode dethrones pacific heights it might <laughs> it has a chance <laughs> these type of uh, selections always have a chance well if you would let me finish before i my my story like brought you to laughter the book sphere the novel actually okay. very important because uh, when I think it was like 9 or 10 or something, I was dragged to some uh, family function, some party in my youth. Uh, a large hall was rented out, you know, food being catered, DJ, dance hall, all that stuff. No expense spared. No expense at all. And what was I doing? I asked my dad. I was like, hey, I need to get something out of the car. So he gave me the car keys. So I went to the car and I pulled out my copy of Sphere, which I was in the middle of, and spent the evening... Instead of socializing, I was mm. reading Michael Crichton's Sphere, and that, and I felt that moment, and not at the time, but now that I reflect on it, it, it really cemented the kind of uh, uh, science fiction geek that I would become, that this is the kind of stuff that I'm much more interested in rather than spending an evening socializing, eating good food, and, and, and most of all, dancing. So I have a side question for you. Before we get to the film, as a father... Um, you know, we, we can't project out too far given the, the age of, of your child, what, um, what the kids will be into then, or what the, the, the cultural norms will be. But I think we can say based on the youth of today that they usually have a screen in front of them with some sort of yeah. social device. So while they may not be actively participating in, uh, a social event where they're physically present, 
they are engaging in some form of uh, a social life with their their peers. <laughs> now, <laughs> does that make you better or worse <laughs> than the modern kid who doesn't want to dance and talk to other people at the party? <laughs> because you are consuming a piece of literature, a novel. So that's a, a that's a pro, right? That's a point for you. Sure. But you're actually being less social and engaged with your other peers, uh, even if it is behind a screen. So what I, I think most adults would say you are doing the right thing. But I don't know if that's just a reflection on the, 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 the olds always think whatever the modern young are doing is worse than what they did before. Because I was right there with you, buddy. I, I Now, not reading Michael Crichton's Sphere. Um, <laughs> but I could have been caught uh, at a family function reading Salem's Lot uh, or something. The, the Stand, Stephen King, <clears throat> which are great works. But I'm sure I was looked upon as a dork, an antisocial dork at the time. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? Better or worse? Were we better than the kids of today? Say yes. <laughs> I mean, I have to say yes. <laughs> Every generation feel like it's much better than, you know, even the greatest generation, the guys that went off to uh, World War II and fought for us. I feel like I can one-up them, you know? <laughs> with... <laughs> And we do every week with this podcast. <laughs> Our commitment is insane. <laughs> yeah, they fought the Nazis, but like you know, I've tweeted you know mm, against you Nazism. There you, you know, go. I'm fighting Nazism in my own way now, and it never goes away. Well, I mean, Twitter will, but <laughs> <laughs> let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope we're almost there. I I have no idea what my kid is going to be into, but if she is consuming some kind of science fiction instead of dancing, I guess I'm okay with that. I mean, even now, she my, my kid is four years old, and she is way more social than I am. And maybe that's just how all four-year-olds are, hmm. but um, she is she would much rather hang out with other people than... than um, then sit there reading Sphere. <laughs> I can tell you so that. I'll, I'll get us back to the movie. So... Hey, did you had you read were you reading this novel before this film existed or did you come to the novel later unaware that there was a film like most people even the ones that clicked on this podcast <laughs> you know what i don't know anymore and that's what's <laughs> weird because it's so blurred but i do remember when i did finally watch the movie and and uh, um having the knowledge of the the novel and what happened I initially was very, very excited because the film, while every film has to cut, you know, chunks of, of the, the source material uh, to make it under two hours or about two hours, I, I was still all in. Like, I didn't know who Dustin Hoffman was or who Sam Jackson was or who Sharon Stone was at the time. But the uh, the cast I liked, the, the, the movie is very compelling. At least for like the first half or so, it really starts to become your uh, very horror tropey, very a lot of cliches and and um, uh, jump scares, and, and just it becomes really banal uh, after the halfway point. When, when especially after the reveal, um, it, it's frustrating. And I never felt that way in the novel for whatever reason. And that could be because you know a lot of those concepts in the science fiction stuff is expanded upon. Uh, much more because you had you had never seen sphere no no i this had no okay what did you think 
no footprint on my my psyche and, and and pop culture i like i so in our zoom calls i have like background images and <clears throat> our our listeners I, I may use it for the the podcast art um if you're using uh an app that allows that to change and it's not just our our lovely logo but um it's sharon stone uh you could say that dustin hoffman sam jackson they all have this sort of uh, you know, what the fuck's about to happen. They've got the helmet on. They're about to be submerged by water. They're about to go see what this, you know, alien being or craft is or whatever the fuck. And uh, I, I, I think it just, you know, read to me like generic sci-fi stuff. And it, this was not well-received. It wasn't uh, uh, financially a hit or anything. So it's just one of those late nineties, things and i honestly you know what i'm just gonna lay the blame on dustin hoffman i think because i was a teenager at the time i'm like i don't want to see fucking <laughs> dustin hoffman like <laughs> go down to the depths like i just see him I, I just thought he's just gonna bumble around and he's just gonna fuck stuff up <laughs> so, he's gonna be mr magoo while all the other scientists are trying to figure out is that not his persona going back to the graduate he just bumbles around and just fucks stuff up and it's it's very entertaining and but you know he's 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 no Steve McQueen. Obviously, there's a different archetype here. That being said, as a uh, middle-aged man <clears throat> seeing it for the first time, and I, I have to be careful here because, given our you know political climate, it's a little problematic for me to admit <laughs> that I enjoyed watching a perceived expert reveal that he didn't really know what the fuck he was talking about at all. And you get that pretty quickly. Like he admits to the uh, Samuel Jackson character when pressed as far as like, why did you uh, assemble this team of Avengers? Like why me? And he's like, well, I, <laughs> I, I knew you and I figured you could make a buck. I figured we'd all, you know, he was basically doing favors for people that he's had some sort of connection with. With Sharon Stone, it's a little bit more difficult with their prior romantic entanglement. But I, I like that the film quickly lets you in on the fact that Dustin Hoffman is like, well, you know, if an alien shows up, you probably want a math guy and, I guess you want like an animal <laughs> right. person or something. I don't know. Like what you that sounds like something you'd need. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it setting us up for the fact that um uh shenanigans will will ensue. I agree with you in that the particular shenanigans we get, like um uh well, like you, I guess. You are Sam Jackson at the party. He for most of the film is really into his fucking book. <laughs> He's really just, no matter what's going on, he's 20,000 leagues under the sea. And one of the big, you know, gotcha moments, the big jump scares is Dustin Hoffman finding Oprah's book club everywhere. It's just, <laughs> right. <laughs> the books are everywhere in the pantry. Gets a little silly. I, you know, it's one of those things where I think the, the premise in the what could happen, going back to my Zoom background, is far more engaging than what actually is happening yeah. now there is a you know and if true dustin hoffman fashion if you can imagine an action sequence where he's being chased by like a sea snake <laughs> and he's freaking out trying to climb pots and pans and shelves <laughs> it is riveting it's it's riveting uh and just the way i imagined and i guess i just i just aged into sphere web is what i'm saying i aged into my dustin hoffman mode where i'm like i want hoffman to be the lead. I want him to be the, the hero. Mm -hmm. So I finally came around. 
I think it's fun. I had a, I had a good time with this movie. I, I don't really know why it was so detested and hated. I honestly, this was not set up to be some Oscar baity. This is not a rival, right? Like this was a, no. a true genre. We're going to get some movie stars, throw them in a situation. We're going to you know figure out what the aliens want, don't want, and then we're going to go home. I, but th- I had it in my head that this is one of those like disasters. Like everyone hated this movie and I got on Letterboxd and <laughs> at least most of the people I follow also hated. And if I could dislike reviews, I would, if I could thumbs down, <laughs> right? I, w- <laughs> I would have, I would have been the freak trolling people over 1998 sphere. <laughs> 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 Two decades later. Honestly, now you got me thinking of the, the the version of Sphere with Mr. Magoo that could have been like instead of a sea creature chasing him, I would I want the version where the Sphere is chasing mm. him with Benny Hill music in the background. That's the version of Sphere get, I want to you know, see. Get the whole the Indiana Jones imagery where this giant gold ball is just yeah, sure. You know, I, I, another thing I actually that you pointed out about the report where he's like, yeah, I was just making stuff up. He didn't even make stuff up. He's like, well, then I borrowed stuff from Asim off and startling so he's <laughs> i read some things plagiarizing <laughs> yeah he's like borrowed something no absolutely the the central premise the mystery of the film is really captivating especially when uh the um the entity the jerry uh, uh shows up like i all that stuff is great but what happens is the film kind of logic wise it it ultimately kind of breaks down the the big reveal that wait a minute harry is jerry is harry doesn't make any sense either because sam jackson figured that all out right in that in that scene and then harry attaches the code so if he quote unquote messed up on the h and the a instead of the g and the e wouldn't all the subsequent words with H and A be messed up too? And everybody would have caught that real quick. So watching it as an adult, I'm like, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Do they ever talk about how to get inside the sphere? Because that was kind of a big part of the novel. In the film, we're just told, oh, by the way, they went in the sphere at the end of the movie. I was like, when did that happen? So there's a lot of stuff that happens off screen that is purposely kept secret from the audience to create some sort of tension and as an adult it it feels a little cheap to me i still for some i feel like i watch this fucking thing every year because i'm like oh god that (laughs) because i i love the setup so much and i'm always disappointed after the halfway point of this film do you believe that so i mean the the main monsters in this this monster movie are their own spoiler alert for sphere i i sometimes i will drop a spoiler alert when i feel like the selected film warrants it (laughs) (laughs) like you don't know what we're talking about um but maybe we're talking to the diehards and and welcome because i'm i'm a new convert to this i i don't know if i'll quite put on an annual watch but i i would purchase this web (laughs) i would purchase this to watch again um do we do we believe, given, I guess, that's just a high-pressure situation, um, you know, is this a Crimson Tide moment uh, where if you just are submerged with other people and one accident or one thing goes wrong, does paranoia, does the cabin fever just take over? Because, <laughs> like, none of them can uh, manifest with this, with their thoughts 
uh, to to actualize them that I would like a large breasted redhead. Like, that's, that's what, I can't imagine I, being suffocated by a large breasted redhead. Like the things that they have are also kind of convenient to uh, these sci-fi trappings, right? Uh, you know, a sea creature of some sort. Um, the, as you said, the sort of dirty pool with the messaging, uh, I, I do like the <laughs> stop fucking calling me Jerry. <laughs> God damn it. I've told you once. <laughs> stop it. I do right. enjoy Dustin Hoffman attempting to have an early, I am relationship with, you know, his, uh, anonymous alien lover. Um, you have to have a lot of, once, once all the cards on the table, you have to have a lot of buy-in as far as like, Oh, uh, it's almost like the characters only would manifest things that make for uh, good jump scares. That's you know, that they, they they don't think of anything else. Uh, does anyone does anyone's greatest fear dying in their sleep or something like? <laughs> nope, <laughs> right. It's monster movie uh, sort of rhetoric here, and I I forgive it of that. I I do think it's unfortunate that. Um, well, some of the uh, the side characters here uh, are so clearly designated as uh, chum in the water for for the the meanderings of Dustin Hoffman and company's minds here. So, uh, but barring that, um, I don't know. Like, is it something that you think that does it just make for a better like Twilight Zone episode as opposed to like a feature length film? I think a good film could have been made. I think a lot of things were were kind of cut or the the wrong things made it into the film. I, I, the source material is quite good. And even Dustin Hoffman has spoken about how uh, the the film was quite rushed and he wasn't mm. happy with the end product, but they needed to make a deadline because here's the release date, which I, 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 I can't even imagine. Like I, I, and I understand that that's the world that, you know, that, that's the business. That is the business of, of um, film. And so it makes me mad. I can't even imagine how David Lynch would react to something like that. If someone told him, hey, you need to get this out by Friday, he would lose his shit. So, but hey, Barry Levinson's not that kind of director. I think he's a director for hire. He'll get you to the finish line, goddammit. And he did. And he's made better movies than David Lynch, so kudos to him. What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, there is a certain sense of tension that i guess that needs to be uh, amped up uh in the second half of this film you've got the three characters left surviving and uh the mistrust and the paranoia and maybe that's why all the manifestations are monsters and things of that nature do you think if they're going to give me the same manifestations um do we not like <laughs> Basically, I'm going to lay the blame, I guess, Sharon Stone and Dustin Hoffman. Samuel L. Jackson, unfairly for him, is almost immediately sidelined. Is like the creepy survivor. Like, what happened to that dude? Why why has he got a smirk on his face? What's going on with him? He's weird. So we're left in the hands of Hoffman and Stone trying to figure it out. Um, I don't think they have much in the way of chemistry. Even with this... uh, prior backstory where he's apparently like sort of gaslit her and she accuses him of gaslighting her even in this situation. I don't really feel any history with those two. So I don't know who to blame because I'm never going to tell Sharon Stone don't show up in a movie that that would be foolish on my part to not want her on the screen. But I think that might've helped too. If you could feel, uh, some sort of relationship between the two, uh, 
but I don't. I just feel like that <laughs> that is just, um, you know, it's just a form of plot exposition they put in there. Like, that time you wronged me, and now I feel like you're wronging me again. That's it. Right. Uh, a shortcut. So instead of character development, you get these, like, expository mm -hmm. pieces of information. Um, really, I think some of the good character work happens with the Ted character. I really liked his dynamic between, uh, you know, the fact that he feels constantly undermined by Harry and he's just not good enough and he desperately wants to make a an impact in, in the field of physics. And I like that. There was a lot of good uh, stuff going on there. And I wonder if that's your screen Ted, fandom talking with uh, Liev Schreiber coming in. It's just, uh, man, was he... Uh... Was he on the come up in the the late nineties? Was he just popped up left and right and and things before he settled into what Ray Donovan <laughs> like yeah, right. fourth rate cable series <laughs> lead actor guy? I well, that's the thing. I don't even really um, care for Liv Schreiber that much. I really don't. But he pops up in roles here and they're like in Spotlight. I thought he was great in Spotlight. And so he, whenever, and anytime I see him on screen and, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually really good. I'm, I'm always genuinely surprised and happy about it. So I, I wish there was more character work happening in this film because that would have gone a long way. And there's a lot, again, in a novel, you can spend a long time, you know, with, with characters uh, and their backstories. So there was a lot of that. Um, I, I don't know, man, despite all my problems with the second half of this movie... Um, I, I find myself attracted to it always. I, I'm just so in love with the premise. And, and that's kind of, I guess that's kind of how Twilight Zone episodes are, right? Even, even the bad ones, uh, ultimately you're in it for the ride. You're in it for the mystery. And, and so I'll, well, you're I'll in always it the, come back to this damn thing. For the, I mean, in true Twilight Zone fashion, you're in it for the, the morality play and the, you, the situational aspect yeah. of what would I do or how would I handle this particular particular quandary. I think that's the ultimate problem with all of the reveals is <laughs> the, the fix they find themselves in is like, uh, don't think too much. <laughs> stop, stop, stop <laughs> thinking so much right. and we'll get out of this. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if that's inherently satisfying, but I guess it's in keeping with their anti expertise tone. Uh, stop talking so much. Ray Donovan, Shut your face and let us, <laughs> let us chat with Jerry on the interwebs. <laughs> that was so silly. Like, I really, like, when I really thought about that dumb keyboard thing, I was so upset. And it took, you know, Dustin Hoffman sat down and, like, he got, you know, one, he's like, one is G, two is, like, he <laughs> found out right away. Didn't take him that long. He wasn't sitting there with a pen and paper all night <laughs> figuring out. No, he got it right away. And so stuff like that really, really, really bugs me. But um, it is what it is. And, and actually, uh, the 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 reveal in, in how it's done in the novel is just so much simpler and and makes just so much more sense. Whenever Harry is awake, is the only time that they speak to Jerry. And so everything that Jerry is like the is whatever he's writing in his IMs is actually being manifested by Harry and not actually being decoded. It, it, little things like that. I was like, it goes it goes a long way when you uh, put in the effort to not completely 
think your audience is just going to go with it. Like, stop questioning things. This is science fiction. I feel like we're going to think about things a little bit. <laughs> but yet, you're the one that keeps going back to it every, every year. So. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a battered spouse just coming back for more, even when, when I know I'm going to be let down. Such respect <laughs> that you have for Barry Levinson and the company. You're like, okay, it's got to be. It's my fault, right? It's not. It's not their fault. I. It is sort of an outlier in his uh, filmography because Toys, nineteen ninety two's disastrous Toys with Robin Williams, is about the closest I can come to this interest in like gadgetry and this you know sci fi thing. That has a different tone to it, but it's also about. I mean, I don't, I don't know how. Uh, up to date you are on your 1992's toys uh, mythos. No, not at all. The messaging is also about uh, you know what the government could do with uh, this this newly discovered technological power. Um, oh goodness! Yes, so that seems to be something. But you know what came right before Sphere Wag the Dog, which was very sort of loose, off the cuff. I, I read that they put that together quickly because sphere kept getting delayed. So him and Hoffman are like, let's do something else. And so they just ah. knock that out. Um, and then uh, Liberty Heights from 1999, which is going back to his sort of Baltimore. I think it's part of like his unofficial, like Baltimore trilogy as well. That starts with, with diner. So this, you know, Barry Levinson in sci-fi. It's uh, it's weird that he wanted to dabble into it. I only mentioned toys because I did it for another podcast, and in my very brief research for that, that was his dream project. That was his like Gangs of New York, or Last Temptation of Christ. That was his wow. <laughs> not Sphere, <laughs> which is better, but toys. Um, so yeah, I think he just he just likes working with actors, and it's strange to me that this didn't have uh, more uh, dynamite sort of. Uh, back and forth, and you know, you're basically just doing a bottle episode. That's the right. You're just this is what the whole premise yes. is. Yes, and so, um, yeah, I, I think Stone or Hoffman maybe probably need to be removed and replaced. They needed to to cast those two roles together and find the best uh, best pairing. But oh well, nobody's perfect, and certainly not Sphere. But <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Webb and I want to watch it <laughs> again. So <laughs> who are we to judge? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, me <laughs> more frequently than you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet had a uh, second helping. I'll let you know after that one if I'm going to go back for, for a third, but you'll be on your, <laughs> well, I don't know, what anniversary is it? Coming up on its 25th anniversary of <laughs> <your> existence. <laughs>